Hello, everyone, and welcome to Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher. Uh, as you can tell by the title, my name is Roy Lusher, and this is my first ever episode of my podcast. And uh, let me give you a little background on myself before we start. Back in 92, I ended up getting a subscription to the Wrestling Observer, and in one of the first couple issues, um, Dave Meltzer listed video stores in cities that had the weekly Japanese TV shows. Luckily for me, I grew up in the city of Garden Grove, California, right next to Anaheim, and there was two Japanese video stores that were listed, that were in, one in Stanton and one in Anaheim. I went to both of them the next day, and lo and behold, I got my hands on All Japan, New Japan, All Japan Women, and there was even a place in Costa Mesa that would get like the FMW commercial tapes, the VHS tapes. So what I did was I bought a second VHS machine, and I started recording and making myself a copy. Now, along on top of that, what I would do is my parents had a satellite dish. Now, remember, I was only 17 years old at the time. Uh, my parents had a satellite dish, and since we were so close to Mexico, I would get the weekly TV shows from there as well, AAA, CMLL, UWA, and I would advertise in the Observer every couple weeks that I had all of these shows available for trade. So from 92 to 97, I kind of made a pretty big name for myself uh, with the tape trading business, and always All Japan and New Japan were a couple of my favorite territories in the entire world. I loved the culture. I loved the announcers. I loved the matches. I loved the characters. I loved everything about it. And one thing that I would like to do with my podcast here is I would like to talk to the people from those times in that era. I would like to pick their brain about what it was like to wrestle in Japan at those times. Not just wrestle, but to be there and to be a part of the culture and that whole scene. And with my first guest that I've got on today that I'm about to present, I couldn't think of a better way to start than somebody whose career really hit it off in Japan and he made a big career of it and wrestled there for over a decade who's definitely one of the most well-known all-Japan guys from that era, and that would be Mr. Joel Deaton. Now, in the, my conversation with Mr. Deaton here, I go into uh, what it was like to team with Billy Black, what it was like to get to know uh, Giant Baba, uh, just a lot of stuff, and I hope that you enjoy it. And uh, future podcasts are going to be similar to this as well. I hope that you'll stick around for them. And here's my interview with Mr. Joel Deaton. Hey, everyone. This is Roy Lusher here. This is my first episode of Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher. And we're here with Mr. Joel Deaton. Mr. Deaton, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Roy. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. No complaints whatsoever. So, um, I have some questions here. I just wanted to read them off to you. Just let me know uh, whatever comes to mind when, when I ask them. The first one is, um, tell us a little about, about your background, first of all. Were you a wrestling fan growing up, and, and who was your trainer? Well, um, 
growing up, uh, not so much. Um, well, I guess I started watching a little bit of Georgia championship wrestling around when I was maybe 13 or 14. But before that, it was all uh, football, baseball, basketball. <laughs> Great. And um, when did you start, like, training to become a pro wrestler? I started in, uh, uh, I'm thinking, December of 77. Wow. And how familiar with you with the Japanese scene before your first tour there? I had hardly a clue about it. Um, I, I uh, me and my uh, uh, Lars Anderson trained me. Uh, we didn't got to that yet, but anyway, uh, when I went to Hawaii in 1985, you know, I had heard a little bit about Japan, but nothing that you know. I mean. It wasn't like I was, I, I was trying to go there or anything because I didn't know anything about it. I just knew it was there, but I, I had no idea. So in 85, when uh, Lars flew us over to uh, Hawaii to wrestle uh, over there in the, in the Coliseum, uh, we had wrestled, uh, previ- this was in 1985, December of 85, and that previous August, we had did a show in the uh, – in the Aloha Stadium, where they play the Pro Bowl uh, each year, and uh, and Lars had, had uh, brought me and Hoss uh, over to be in that, and uh, we wrestled a Samoan team, and then we came back in December, and Lars had us against Andre as a giant and Antonio Anoka, <laughs> which was, uh, of course was very, uh, you know, knew knew about Andre, but but I I really didn't have a clue. Who uh, Anoki was, and it didn't dawn on me about him and Muhammad Ali because I remember that having that little thing there in Shea Stadium back in the late 70s. But uh, I wasn't real hip or real smartened up on Japan wrestling, no, at, at that time. <laughs> Your first tour of all Japan, um, if I'm correct, was August of 1987. Lead us up to, lead us up to that tour. How did you end up being connected to All Japan and wrestling for them? Well, um, I was working for uh, uh, 87, okay. It was WCW by then. It, you know, it was NWA, and then Turner bought it, and they changed it to WCW. Well, they had several different little local worldwide, but it was all connected with NWA and and then when I guess when Turner bought it, they changed it to WCW on Channel 17. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, I had been in uh, Charlotte working uh, for, uh, for Dusty. Well, actually, when I first got there in, in 83, uh, it was like a committee. There were four or five different people on, uh, on as a booking committee type thing, but that didn't work out. So, And... I wrestled probably three or four months in there, and I broke my ankle working against Vinny Valentino one night, so I, that, that put me out for six, eight months a year. But anyway, when I came back, it was just dusty booking, and mm-hmm. uh, which was 84 sometime. And then so all the way up in 87, they each year they had a uh, Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Tag Team Tournament. Uh, 
in honor of Jim's dad, uh, who started the wrestling there in uh, in the Carolinas in uh, Mid Atlantic, and uh, and uh, so they flew teams in from here and there, you know, to be in the tournament, and they flew Baba uh, Baba Son in, and uh, Baba brought uh, a young a young 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 boy with him, and I. He's a big, big, pretty big guy, but I can't remember his name. Uh, was it the sumo guy? Huh? Wajima? Was it Wajima? Oh, no, no, no. This was a young boy. Uh, no. Uh, and I can't think of his name, but I, later on, uh, there was another story with him. But So, uh, Nelson Royal was in the tournament, and I can't remember who his partner was, but... Uh, uh, but he was there, and of course he had been to Japan several times. And, and uh, me and Gene Ligon, we were wrestling as Thunderfoot one and two at the time. And uh, and so Nelson introduced uh, me and Gene uh, uh, to Baba, and uh, and you know I had asked I had asked Nelson. I said, well, you know what 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 you know what kind of money did uh, should you know, asked for or whatever, and he he said, uh, you know, like at that time, the standard uh, for a no, uh, well, I wasn't, wasn't a nobody, but uh, you know, just not a star or whatever. It was fifteen hundred a week. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I introduced. This is in '87, so I, you know, after being introduced, I, I asked Mr. Bob, Bob, I said, uh, would could I, would you please consider uh, booking me uh, on a tour in Japan, and he said, uh, uh, "Hold on." He, he got out his book and he was thumbing through his book, and he, said, he looked at me and he said, uh, "You come August, uh, you know, of '87." And uh, this was in February, I think. And, um, and I was thinking to myself, "Dang, man, you can't get me in no quicker than that." Little did I know that. Baba, you know, stayed booked up six, eight months a year at a time. But I just, but I, you know, I said, well, okay, you know, thanks. Uh, yes, uh, thank you very much. You know, and I'll, I'll uh, definitely, you know, uh, be on the tour. And, and uh, Nelson was on uh, was on that first tour with me, and Gene. And there was a, uh, I think Shamrock might have been on the first one. I'm not sure. Ken Shamrock uh, and another guy was the first tour, but uh, hmm. I can't think of who that was. <laughs> now, in your opinion, how serious was the the feud between Baba's company and Anoki Anoki's company? I mean, were you told at the off? Were you told by the office at all that you couldn't talk to the Gaijins from Anoki's company? Or I mean, how was that? No, 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 no. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know if this has been put out there yet, and I'm doing a, uh, a bio of sorts uh, on my career uh, from my perspective uh, through the year. But anyway, um, no, they didn't tell us, you know, not to uh, have, not to associate or, or anything like that with, with New Japan because I think uh, this is just me surmising. I think that when Baba and and Inoki split and started their own company, it was an, it was an agreement between both of them 
uh, to uh, to do this, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, because they were both uh, you know stars, and and I, and I think that they thought that it would be better, uh, you know, for, for Japan to have two big companies, and uh, oh. you know, it also create a. Uh, feud kind of like thing between all Japan and New Japan, and and, and it it was just a that's just what I think uh, happened because during you know throughout further years uh, when one big star would jump from all Japan to New Japan or New Japan to all Japan, you know it had to be done right, and and when you hear people say or staying hands from somebody. Well, you know, it had to be done right. They mean that. I think Bob and Anoki get us got on the phone and said, "Well, you know, well, you know, trade this one and, and, and back and forth." And, uh, but nobody just did it uh, without their own. I mean, they they wouldn't invade on each other's territory unless it was talked out. That was just Japanese way. Yeah, I, if I remember correctly, it was like they did some trade similar to like. I think Bigelow and Williams went to All Japan, and then the Road Warriors and Hanson went to New Japan. So it was kind of like a, a talent trade, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, you know, I think with Stan, when I, I think, oh, that's right. Stan, Stan did go for New Japan first because uh, Vince Senior got him booked over there. Yes. And so you know, when 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 Stan, you know, got over there and. and Started, you know, working his style, and uh, of course, it, you know, people loved it, and uh, so he became a, uh, you know, a, a pretty big bargaining chip. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when, uh, uh, you know, when these people were traded back and forth, uh, I think it was, you know, not like uh, I'm not not sure about the, you know, the top top guys. I know some of them just walked out and left and went to from WWF to WCW and vice versa. But in Japan, it's just done a different different way. Uh, uh, that's what I'm surmising. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that's uh, that's the way it went. Now you mentioned earlier about meeting Baba-san at the first uh, Crockett Cup. By the way. Um, besides meeting a mayor, do you have any personal stories or memories that you, you'd like to share of, of Giant Baba? Oh, well, gosh. Um, there wasn't another man uh, or promoter or, or, or booker or anything uh, that was ever, you know, as honest and up front. And when he told you something, you could, you, could, you know, take it to the bank. You know, it wasn't no... He was just a, a real trustworthy man, and 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 went on my first tour. Uh, you know, I, I told you three or four others on the same tour. Well, mm-hmm. I, I was the only one they asked back uh, on that tour. But uh, stories about Baba. Oh gosh, man, working against Baba in the ring is like I said before. Uh, and you know, or Baba or Andre, either one was like working, you know, with 
nobody else, uh, like Hogan or Flair or, or, or anybody, nobody working with Baba was, you know, or Andre to me was almost spiritual because, I mean, how many uh, giant Babas do you see in a lifetime, or how many Andre the Giants do you see? You know, I mean, these people are are. Uh, you know, like one in a trillion, uh, you know, Andre the Giants or, or Giant Babas would ever come around. So, you know, I looked at it like that and appreciated it uh, for that. Um, and, uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, Baba liked, I think, working with me a little bit because uh, I worked him a whole, whole lot, but. But I just, you know, he never complained, and, and, and you know, he was in pain. Uh, but anything he'd ever—I don't think I ever hurt Baba. Uh, and uh, but I know, you know, a few others did, of course, by accident. But but he never complained, and he he was an incredible athlete uh, before, you know, coming up through the baseball uh, with the Tokyo Giants and, and uh, just. Uh, and, and if you, in his earlier years, uh, he could just do, you know, and move, it's like Andre. I mean, they could, he could really move good, just some good stuff, uh, even then when he got older. But anyway, it's just so many things, uh, you know, on different tours, just little things I would notice. I don't know if they're newsworthy, but I mean, just that he was, uh, he was a. Uh, you know, a very fair man, and he he always worked, you know, hard, and and, and uh, even you know he when he got older, he wasn't in too many you know of the big heavy duty matches. But uh, you know, I, I, if I sat and if he had if he had a, told me he was going to ask that question, I, I could have thought of some, <laughs> some stuff. But but just. Uh, my, First thing that pops in my mind when you say about Baba is that you know he he was the uh, the best uh, promoter owner that I ever worked for. He he was the kind of man that uh, he didn't care uh, you know what your name was or or who you or what or you know or what. It, it, he would give you a chance to be all you could be. And, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I, I, many times where stars, you know, top stars from from over here in the United States would would go to Japan, and and and, and everybody knows it's a little tougher over there, uh, work and stuff, than is here, and, and they, you know, they wouldn't get any response, especially back in eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty. Uh, some places were would be a little more louder than other, but when you got out in those country towns, and, and uh, I say country towns, you know, just sm the smaller towns in Osaka, Tokyo, Nagoya, Kyushu, places like uh, Kobe, places like that. But uh, you know, the fans there, you know, ninety percent of them were in suit and ties, and uh, and if you didn't. Uh, Give them something, uh, you know. Then, then they, 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 they. You got no emotion. What you got back then, if you did something that they thought was, uh, you know, was was something good, then then they would clap. Mm -hmm. What no ooh and on, there wasn't no 
Pete Salpin, uh, like you know, later became, but they would just, you know, would just clap, and if you didn't, if they didn't see anything to impress them, then it was just stone cold silence mm-hmm. the whole match, you know. And so you had to learn uh, how to uh, to get response out of them, <laughs> and, and if you could do that, then then you know that would make a difference on you becoming a regular or just a once a year thing type thing. And most of those uh, were some somebody, if they were younger, somebody's son, uncle, brother, cousin, whatever, you know, Bob would give them a, a tour or so a year, even if they didn't really get over uh, the first time or two or whatever they were, mm-hmm. were there. But like he, with me, I mean, I mean, he, you're working with the, the best talent there is, really, uh, is the most purest form of wrestling uh, that I was ever associated with because none of the guys over there did steroids, okay? Yeah. Uh, to start with. And uh, for the first three or four years, I was there anyway. So, and, and that's why you see, you know, a lot of uh, the guys, I mean, they weren't. Uh, you know, Mr. Universe popped up, uh, muscled up. They were in good enough shape, but they didn't need no damn steroids. They didn't look like, uh, you know, real muscle up all the believe me. They could go, and they were in shape. And, and, <laughs> and I, you know, being out there with those guys, uh, and I, you know, I never did, well, I did steroids one time in 1985, I believe. I did for six weeks. I did one time for six weeks. And I gained, uh, you know, 15 pounds of, of muscle, made me stronger and all. But I, I, something just made me feel weird about it. I don't know how to explain it, but I just didn't like I liked the way it made me look because I was working out. But I, I didn't like it. just made me feel weird. So I never, ever did them again. Uh, so I just, you know, once. And then I saw over there that, you know, that those guys weren't doing them. But, but they, you know, could still go. Even against the guys that from the states that that were, you know, take a, a couple of vials of blood from them and half of it be, you know, testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, yeah, it, you know, Japan was just uh, and and so with with my talent, talent. I mean, I had I, I had I had moderate success in the states, and, and but I was. Underneath, you know, like, but I was like top underneath guy. They thought I could be sent in most of the territories. And some other, some of the other territories, you know, we had, me and Hoss had belts. And I, I worked like nine territories before I ever went to Charlotte and uh, uh, for Dusty. But, you know, Baba, Baba, you could get out there and I don't care, you know, over here if you, if you on TV and you, got to lose to somebody then uh, you know you you get a little bit in but you can't you know you can't get uh, you just they don't you know want you making their stars look bad but over there i don't care who who is out there the top americans or top japanese you know fight them and do what you wanted to you know as long as it was safe and then they would work with you they would do that kind of you know anything the top guys they Whereas over here, you try to do something, they think, 
oh, you know, whatever, and then try to squash you or whatever. It's just a, a ego thing. But over there, you know, they'd let you do whatever whatever you could do, do it. And uh, if it looked good and got response, and they he didn't care who you were, then uh, he'd give you a chance to, to keep, you know, to to come back and and to further uh, further your stance or whatever over the Japanese people and see if you could continue to you know get reaction and but he was uh, and I liked that about him because there's only a couple of places that I was that would allow uh, that kind of thing and uh, and I was you know after the, I figured that out uh, then what helped a lot was my first tour, they had me tagged with Stan probably half the matches on that first tour. And uh, when you go out uh, to the ring uh, in a match, even if you're Stan's partner, uh, then you place your boots up tight because it's on. Uh, <laughs> and, and so if you didn't, uh, you know, if you're out there with Stan and you didn't meet, meet his standards, you know, then you wouldn't be out there with Stan much anymore. I mean, I, a couple of times I'd, I'd be in a hole. Somebody they'd have me in a hole, you know, and I'd be tied all up in some kind of navy knot, and uh, you know, and and then I'd see Stan coming in. I'd think, oh God, great, he's going to make you know kick the guy off and make the save, and he'd come in, stomp me in the head, yell at me <laughs> while I'm in the hole, and tell me fight. Get up and fight, Deaton. I'm like, God, man. But anyway, that fired me up, you know. And I said, so, uh, you know, I got up and I, I fought back. And, and uh, you know, the Japanese, they they like underdogs. What they like is to, is to see someone win, lose, or draw, give give their most. And and and, and they, they're very smart fans. They can tell if, if you're you know, giving everything you got, and if you if they see that you're doing that, and when those draw, that they're gonna respect you and like you, because you know you because you were giving it all you had, and and just because you lost, it didn't matter to them. They they respected the fact that you had a fighting heart, and uh, that's, so I'm that's awesome. That now, how did you hear that Baba Sonic passed? Well, um, I think it was um, uh, Terry, Terry Gordy called called me and told me that. I think, I think that's how I found out. Yeah. yeah, and that was of course after Terry quit going too. But but Terry Terry was the one that told me about. Got about it. Now, what was the general attitude in the locker room like in early 1990? Kenru took him, Yatsu, and a bunch of the boys with him, and they created uh, the Super World Sports uh, Company. What was the general attitude in the locker room at the time? I mean, was anyone worried that their their jobs were on the line or the company might be in trouble at all? Not not in the least bit. I think that when Kenru did that, he went to Baba, and they and he and he told Baba. Uh, what he wanted to do. Uh, I mean, uh, some, some, um, I guess, uh, I don't know, millionaire, multi-billionaire, whatever, came to Tenru with a, with a, 
uh, proposition he couldn't refuse. I mean, I don't know how much money he gave Tenru, but it was a whole lot. And so, uh, so Tenru, before he just took off and left and took all Bob's guys, I mean, you don't do that. Oh, I mean, you you, you have a sit down. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Baba uh, Baba gave him his blessing, and and. Uh, because you know, and as far as taking the guys he took, uh, most of them were middle, uh, working in the middle. Some were, a couple were underneath, but still, they were spots. And uh, one or two of them might have been, like Yatsu was like upper middle card or whatever, but or semi main, some mains, but. Um, so I think Baba basically gave him uh, his blessing, and what it did actually was uh, it opened up spots for uh, for for Kawada, for Mizawa. Kobashi was was just starting to uh, get, uh, you know, the people loved him too. I mean, he lost his first what hundred matches. Or something. <laughs> yeah, I think it was one hundred thirty-two matches, give or take one or two. <laughs> you know, and, and that was uh, that's that was the brilliance of Baba because, you know, I mean, the people loved him and, and Kobashi fought so hard and every time, and then he, you know, he loses all his matches, but, but people see that he's, you know, he, he he's, he's giving it everything he's got. And so, man, when he won that first match, I mean, you know, the roof about came off and, and <laughs> it, it was just uh, a, a stroke of genius how that was done, but. Now, who are some of your favorite opponents to work with in the ring in all Japan? I'm, I'm sure there were, you know, a, a few handful that, like, stuck out above everyone else. Um, any of them that jump out to mind for that? Yeah, I mean, I, once the Japanese guys, like my first tour, and there's a, it's a, it's a it was me and uh, Stan against uh, Tenru and Hara for the belt. You know, like my first tour, I think, and and uh, and, and so they, uh, so uh, horror was kind of tested me. You know, they test you a little bit over there, and so he he wasn't really selling, you know, uh, as much as Stan thought, apparently, and uh, so you know, I I do so I'd be in there doing something, and he. he He'd barely register what I was doing or whatever, and then get me down in some kind of hole. And Sam would come in and just snatch him up and and and, and suplex him or belly back suplex or something. Uh, every time, you know, it happened a couple of times through the match, and and Sam would come and he was letting hard know that hey, you know, work with this guy, you know, <laughs> and uh, and plus. And I, you know, and I was fighting hard. I was felt like I was fighting for my life, and that's nice. But, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, and and through through the, the that whole tour, you know, I mean, I I had always, you know, taken good buffs and I worked hard. I I had, you know, I didn't want anybody thinking my stuff was fake or, I mean, I I had always tried. You know, to keep you know my my wrestling where people would respect it, and uh, and I and I took that ethic over there, and I just worked hard, and, and uh, apparently they saw it and liked it, and yeah. that's the How long have you known Billy Black? Um, was he earlier? You said Hoss. Is that is that your nickname for Billy Black? No, no, no. Hoss was 
was uh, we went as a brother team. Uh, we we trained and broke in together. And oh, we, okay, got it. All right. Yeah, okay. Hoss Deaton. Yeah. He, oh, okay. And I'm um, I'm gonna t- tell you about something about Hoss. If if he had been if he had a you know, we were no, we we didn't have we were nobodies. We didn't have no end. We wasn't kin to nobody. We were nobody's brother or cousin. But we were athletes, and we were, uh, you know, you can see from some of our earlier matches, me and I was together that that uh, you know that even uh, back in Georgia Championship uh, that we, you know, you could tell we were we weren't just the, you know, just the squash job guys. I mean, we were going to fight back. I didn't give a damn. We didn't give a damn who it was. uh, But anyway, uh, yeah, Hoss, he he was the one that broke in. But Billy, I went to a independent show here in Georgia somewhere uh, one night. I can't even remember. I think I'm pretty sure I worked on the card or I would have been there, but I had never heard of Billy. And I had never knew. Nobody had ever said, you know, I'd never heard nobody talking about him. I just, I'd never, I'd never heard of him in noise. But I went to the, to that uh, little independent show, and, and uh, he was, he was there. And you know, normally I don't go out and watch those, some of those matches. Some I do, but I just happened to, to watch his, and it was a, you know, ten, twelve minute match or something. And you know, and I had been introduced to him in the locker room, of course, before the matches. Stuff, but uh, in those ten, twelve minutes, I, I saw in him, and I decided right then that uh, that, that he's—I wanted to take him halfway around the world, not only halfway around the world, but uh, to the best uh, talented uh, promotion there was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and and with his uh, you know style and the things he could do, I mean to look at Billy, you would think that, but uh, but he sure could uh, you know do some some really good things and that fit right into the Japanese style, and uh, and I I was uh, real pleased with uh, with Billy, and uh, you know I wish wish you, we could have went further with it, but probably could, but. Didn't work out that way, so <laughs> yeah. I just remember the first time, or you know, it was in the first few months that I started collecting all Japan tapes. One thing that I kept reading in the Observer was the team of Black and Deep is one that you have to check out. It was mentioning like Black doing moonsaults from the top rope to the floor onto guys and stuff like stuff someone his size shouldn't be doing, and the chemistry that you two had was like off the charts. I mean, this was like, this really was some amazing stuff at the time that you two had going. Well, well you know, Roy, I, you know, I never I never got to see, read, or see any articles or stuff like that. You know, if you have any good stories in any kind of American magazines about it, so shoot me a, a snapshot or something of it. But, uh, but uh, you know, they and they wrote things in the Japanese magazine. Of course, couldn't read, uh, you know, Japanese. So yeah, I had my friend Maza, uh, you know, tell me what are they saying? You know, what are they saying? Maza Hori, uh, right? Yeah, Maza Hori. Yeah, Maza Hori. Yeah. But uh, 
and you know, he would tell me a little bit, uh, you know, about what they what it. Uh, they'd have a picture of uh, Billy and I, and, and then uh, you know. But I worked, uh, you know. They had me tag with Stan the first couple of tours, uh, the most, and then uh, and then they tagged me up with Dick Slater for two years. Uh, I think we were on one or two tag team uh, tag team thing. Uh, you know, they have once a year. What do they call them? Uh, tournament? This is a tag team tournament. I don't know, but yeah. But I was team with uh, up with Dicky there for a couple of years, and then. Uh, and Japan, all Japan was a tag team territory, mm-hmm. and I liked that too. And uh, and it made for just you know some exciting, unbelievable stuff that I've never seen. Just the whole the whole thing with uh, the fact that they would they, that Baba would give you a chance. You know, he would give you a chance to, to uh, no matter who you were. Didn't matter. You'd have to be you know. So, he would just, you know, if you could, if you could hang and you could, then and get reactions, and he'd let you. All, and all the top guys over there would. They'd let you, you know, come back on them and, and give them whatever you could. And, and it wasn't like over here where well, if you do this against the top guys, and you know they get all pissed off at you and stuff. But yeah, like yeah. How did you? How did the two of you come up with the name the Wild Bunch? Well, I think uh, uh, Jim Cornette uh, brought me and Billy in and uh, Smoky Mountain uh, for uh, to be in the tag team tournament over there uh, that they had going, and he made a, a video. As a matter of fact, that video of me and Billy that, to that music, uh, Born to Be Wild or whatever, I'm, you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cornette was a master at those music videos. Yeah, Corn- well, Cornette was the one that did that. Cornette was the one that 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 uh, gave us the Wild Bunch name. Oh, really? Nice. Take us back to the night that you and Billy won the All Asia Tag Titles. Um, what comes to your mind, and what was the atmosphere that like that night? Well, uh, Baba had told me, I don't know, a week or so earlier, that he wanted. Uh, you know that we were going to win the the, the belts because we had had some good matches with Gobashi and Ace, who had the belts before. And and hey, man, you know like uh, uh, Furnish and Crawford, uh, uh, the Malenkos, two or three Japanese tag teams. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, like I say, it was a tag team territory, so there was a lot of competition for that. Uh, that all Asian, you know, belt, and and you know, me and Billy were holding our own again, you know, with, you know, and all all the tag teams they brought over, you know, uh, so, 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 so the super super heavyweights, you know, with uh, with you know Terry uh, Hanson and I think Gordy was tagged for a while, Hanson, Tenru, and, and then Gordy and uh, Doc and, and and Stan and Spivey. I mean. You know, those were like, you know, the top uh, guys, and, and but there was a uh, there was a whole lot of great talent in that uh, middle range, uh, which uh, is what the, at that time the All Asian was basically uh, 
for upcoming upcoming teams and teams that were uh, you know that had were, had uh, done good and and deserved it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was prestige. I think it was one of the first belts they had over there, the tag belts. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, prestigious. But as far as uh, you know, we uh, the night of it all happening, it, it was you know uh, Kobashi always humble and and not you know of course you know I was there before he ever started and and, uh, and he was Baba's young boy and uh, and. You know, and I, I'd watch him train and stuff. But anyway, so you know, he was just Kabashi was just great. Uh, and you know, of course, Ace was a little egotistical. But uh, anyway, uh, so you know, we we had we just uh, you know went out there and, and had a had a pretty good pretty good match uh, mm-hmm. there for that uh, for that that night we wanted and uh, and we. Got accolades from all the boys. That, uh, a lot of, uh, several of them came out, you know, and watched it. And there was a, you know, like in that middle tag team territory, there was a lot of competition in there. And uh, so, but I think generally, the everybody was was glad and and, and believed that we, you know, rightfully should. You know, have our little glory there with it for a minute, but uh, but as far as it, I mean, you know, it wasn't everything was just laid back over there. I mean, people didn't understand about Japan wrestling, uh, uh, and especially the egotistical and mostly American wrestlers. You know, they they thought, you know, you know, if you, you had to win, had to win. If, you know, if they could win, it eat them up. And, you know, with the ego, and, and what they didn't understand is the Japanese fan. If you go out there and, and do your work your hardest and do your best, and you know, if you lose every match, you're still going to become more beloved and more respected. Losing the match, as long as you gave it your all, you know, uh, and that's why every time, you know, just about you, you, you know, you seen. Yep. When I go out there, the, everybody, you know, they'll start chanting my name. D-ton, D-ton. <laughs> How many times do you hear them chant Ace's name or Patriot's name or 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 Furnace and Crawford? Or uh, uh, I mean, they they respected them as, as good wrestlers, but when you're over, then they start chanting your name. They knew the other guys were, you know, I mean, they were built strong and, and, and steroided up or whatever. And But they just, was, they, they saw me and Billy and, you know, we weren't uh, muscle men, but uh, but we could go. And, uh, yeah. and they liked that, so. You had a couple matches. You touched on this a little bit earlier. You did have a couple matches in Smoky Mountain when they first started up. Was there ever talk of having more matches with them at some point? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jim brought us in and, you know, uh, had that video all set up. And uh, I, th- I think we won one or two matches in the uh, tournament. And then we lost to uh, the Fantastics, uh, Bobby Fulton and uh, and Jackie, uh, his brother, uh, which, you know, I like both those guys and they they worked hard. And so, it wasn't, you know, and it was a good uh, finish and stuff. It didn't hurt us up. 
but that was around close to the time that uh, that me and Billy uh, kind of uh, went went our own ways. So we didn't. Uh, I think I think Billy might have did a couple more shots. I don't know. Jim told me one time that. Cornette said uh, he had, you know, he put Billy over on TV a few times, and then he was supposed to be somewhere, and he didn't show. And Jim called him or something, and Billy said he he couldn't drive up there in the snow or something. I don't know, something was what uh, hmm. what Jim said, but uh, but I think that's uh, there was uh, just a little something to happen. Uh, went on there after a while that Billy didn't understand about the politics and I, I tried to explain it but anyway I don't really want to go into that but, but we, yeah I would have loved to have stayed uh, there and did some more shots in there with Jim but uh, but after I don't know I guess we were in there a couple of months or so but mm-hmm. it could have been in there longer but we just you know it didn't work out now, as popular as you and Billy were, were there ever talks of bringing both of you into Paul Heyman's ECW? Well, I think Billy did do a shot up there for ECW, and he came out there with, seems like it was Bull Buchanan or something, and during the whole match that they had, all the EC crowd was chanting Joe Deaton, 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 <laughs> and uh, they wanted to see me and Billy, you know, not... Billy and and whoever, but uh, and I I think he did a couple of shots up there, but he didn't stay long. Uh, okay. Now, but I would have loved to. I'd have loved to have went, but uh, and probably could have. Uh, just some things happened uh, around ninety three, ninety four. I was uh, I just took a break for a while. Got it. Now, you and I have touched on this before, you know, inboxing each other, and I figured we could set the record straight on this uh, as far as Stan Hansen's book. Now, there's a story in Stan's book about missing a flight and that Baba uh, asked you never to work for the company again, and you've told me this is true, this isn't true, and even the timeline shows this isn't true. Would you like to set the record straight about uh, this uh, so-called incident that's brought up? Well, you know what? Uh, you know, Stan said some. I read that book too, and, and Stan Stan said some, you know, good things. Uh, you know that he liked me and that I had a good spot, and and that, uh, but that I had missed that flight, and and that uh, Baba was mad, and and I told Stan, well, I think I lost my job or whatever. Uh, but that what happened was uh, I used to fly out of Atlanta. I I lived in Warner Robins, which is about 100 miles from Atlanta, and I always drove or had somebody drive me up there, and I'd fly out of Atlanta, Atlanta to L.A., L.A. to Tokyo. And I did that every tour I ever went. But this one tour, uh, um, I, w- I was going to fly out of Macon, and Macon's, you know, uh, 90 miles from Atlanta. And, and Macon's a bigger town than Warner Robins where I, I live. But, uh, and so... Uh, the plane took off there in Macon, and, and so we're we're getting ready to land in Atlanta, and it's uh, it's fogged up everywhere. 
So the plane can't land. They have to reroute it. So they rerouted it to Johnson City, Tennessee. And so when I got there, there was a layover. And so uh, so I flew out of there to St. Louis. And then from St. Louis, I on uh, to uh, L.A. And by the time I got there, which was, shit, almost really the next day, uh, then, uh, you know, I met the guy that was always there for, uh, gave us our visas and, and passports and stuff. And, uh, and and I got over there uh, a day late. And uh, Baba had had me in the main event the first night. Uh, we were in the Corky and Hall, and, and we were uh, wrestled. No, it was, they were somewhere else the first night. But I was booked in the main event. And then and the night, the next day, the next show uh, uh, that I got in there was at, at Corky and Hall. And, and so when I walked in, I... Uh, you know, I, I said, was talking, saying hello to a couple of the other boys, and Papa was, uh, we had kind of walked out to where the ring was, and he was out there with the young boys or whatever, and he saw me talking to a couple of the other guys, and and and, uh, and then he looked over and he said, Joe, uh, uh, yes, yes, he said, come here. Uh, you know, and so it, he took me back, you know, around where it was just me and him, and, and uh, he, he said, you know why 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 didn't you come come straight to me and explain why you missed the first night and I thought to myself uh, uh, before I even ever stopped and talked to any of the boys when I got there I, I I it had ran through my mind that yeah I need to you know go and 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 tell you know see Baba and tell, explain to him. and, and uh, but when he saw me you know talking to those other guys. He, you know the 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 respect and and even over here, I mean, you know, I, I should have just went, you know, right to the boss and told him why. But it was just a few minutes that I had stopped and he saw it and, and talking to somebody else, so that's why he called me back in there and he, and and I, he asked me, you know, why why you know you not come and tell me? And I said, you know, I'm sorry, Bob Son, I, I was com coming, but they had stopped and was talking to me, and I said. Uh, you know, when I when I flew out of Macon to Atlanta, there was you know a big fog bank, and we couldn't land. I went through the story about the delays and the you know and how I missed the flight. And all he said when I explained all that was, "Next time, check weather." And that's <laughs> all he said. And and, and I came back. Uh, you know, uh, that was in '93. From '93, I think it's my back is when I heard about. I stayed out uh, about a year, a little over a year, uh, almost a year and a half. And and when I got well, you know, I, and I had been in contact or I hadn't called them or anything all that time. And so, uh, you know, I called over there and told told them to ask them, you know, to ask Baba Son, could I come back? And so they said they called me back and. and and they, they called me back almost right away and said, yeah, and, and, and this hardly, the only time this happened is with, like, Stan or Abdullah or really the, you know, the elite top would fly in on a four-week tour, you know, two weeks into the tour or something, you know, and and, uh, and so they that's what they did with me. Uh, Baba, Baba, you know, 
flew me right in, uh, halfway in on a four-week tour. Uh, I, I'm looking at it right now. You took 22 months off from October 93 to August 95 and uh, didn't wrestle for the company between them. And that's amazing to hear, you know, Baba just say, hey, come back. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, they, they you know, uh, of course, you know, Baba, you know about those baseball games, right? Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> You know, and I've I've got to take uh, to the second one where the Rock and Roll Express played in it, and uh, uh, and a lot of the Japanese that you know uh, Jumbo and Mizawa uh, was in played in it, and, and I got you know the whole well, it was we played five inning games. I think I got four four innings of uh, of the game, you know, and 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 that was a game where. You know, Bob called me. He said, "Joe, come here." You know, in, in, uh, in the dressing room there, and you know, they gave us brand new uniforms, brand new cleats, brand new gloves, brand new everything. <laughs> and uh, he handed me the baseball. And said, "You pitcher." You know. <laughs> well, I said, all right. You know, I I played a ball and and, uh, and I had a double scholarship football and baseball, and, and I played. Uh, a little bit of double A uh, ball, and I could have went further. Uh, so that's another story. But uh, uh, but anyway, so you know, Baba, I guess it got word that I was a ball player or baseball. And so he asked me, you know, in that first game, that uh, there wasn't any guy jeans in it, but there was one other guy jean uh, that was on a uh, variety show team or. or uh, they had four teams, a movie star team, I mean top movie stars, Tom Cruise, George Clooney type guys, yeah. Japanese. And then they had a, uh, a comedian team off TV and, a, and a, uh, some kind of other variety show team. Anyway, they were uh, uh, celebrity teams. And then Baba, and uh, in that first game, there was one other guy that was on one of the comedy shows that could speak fluent Japanese, uh, but he was, me and him was the only one, and uh, and then uh, I think there's about an inning or so of that available on YouTube, and then uh, the, the uh, company that, uh, that that videotaped that, sh- that show, which I think it was live, and it was shown all over Japan, and it was, you know, it was a big build-up, it was, a, uh, uh, it was for a, uh, a, a a cause, a charity, some kind of charity thing or whatever. But, uh, yeah, and so that was, you know, shown uh, uh, nationwide. And at the end of the tour, the people from the other TV, they came and gave me and I think Ricky and Robert and whoever, maybe some of the Japanese, I don't know, they gave us all a tape, you know, of the whole thing. And, uh, you know, I mean, they led us out of the tunnel with a marching band and cheerleaders. They got the build-up where it first comes on and the music, and they're showing a Tokyo Dome, and they show in interviews from uh, different ones. And uh, uh, we rode, uh, rode to the Dome. with uh, I rode with Ricky and Robert. We got out, and they had one of them on each side, and uh, the lady, news lady walked right up to me first and stuck the microphone, asked me some question, and, you know, uh, they didn't really recognize Ricky and Robert, the big you know, superstars over here, right? But anyway, 
<laughs> so I got, I got that somehow or another. The tape isn't on YouTube. Nobody uh, has seen this thing since 1988, and uh, I seem to be the only one on the planet that's got it. And, uh, so I was Joel, gonna... Joel, send it to me. I will transfer it to DVD, send you the tape back along with the uh, DVD, and upload it on YouTube for you. <laughs> well, what I, what I, what I was going to do... Um, Roy, I, I was going to add it into my bio type thing. Ah, okay. You know, and, and I, 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 I'm planning on, they say, they say that, you know, writing the book's fine, but uh, if you put these things on Amazon and, and several of those other download things where you can download them for three to five bucks or whatever, and then tra transcribe it, you know, for Japan, uh uh, you know, I still have a decent fan base over there, and and, uh, and the stories I'm going to tell, uh, you know, about uh, my time in Japan, uh, I, I I was lucky enough to be in the middle of uh, their best years, and and then I was and when I was with Crockett, you know, I was there for the birth of the Four Horsemen, the rock and roll, and the midnight. I mean, I was right in the middle of all that, so. Just, you know, different stories from uh, somebody that was in the middle and didn't, you know, uh, it's going to be uh, kind of unique and not like, you know, most of the top guys write books and everybody, but mine's going to be, I mean, you're going to hear some things that, that I mean, you know, I'm just, just going to tell the truth and tell my opinion you know, about different things, and, and, you know, it'll be along with that with that small game, and then hopefully I'll have it this by the Christmas, I'm hoping. But uh, Awesome. Let me know, and I will do all I can to, uh, you know, spread the word about it and uh, hopefully get you some extra sales. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and, and, and like I say, I think you being a... a the great Japanese fan that uh, that you are, that you'll uh, you'll really really enjoy it too. Absolutely. Um, now, can you explain to the to my list our listeners what the comedy stuff was with Russia Kimura? Like, what was that about? What was being said by both you and Russia after the matches? <laughs> well, you know those guys in the in the in. In those matches, the they, you know the comedy matches uh, were they were all older uh, guys that and at one time like Kimura Kimura was a uh, you know he was a very serious uh, 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 heel I guess uh, you know back in the seven late in seventies or whatever. I mean, he was a serious, uh, you know, wrestler and and, and Egan and and. Uh, uh, Okuma and and those older guys and so Baba you know out of appreciation he gave you know he, he kept them on and, and they started that little that little uh, comedy comedy match and everybody loved it and what what Kimura would do you know I'm not sure how it started with him going to the microphone after every match because he was doing it when I got there but uh, after a few times. We had wrestled in a, uh, a tag match. We was always tagged, and you know, and if you got lucky enough to be in the, you know, in the comedy match, uh, then you knew you had a, a night off. And 
you know, as hard as it was, uh, the, the matches, uh, you know, if you could, if you could get, you know, lucky enough to get in one or two of those matches during the tour, then, you know, it was like, oh man, you know, I'm not going to be killed tonight. But, uh, <laughs> so, so anyway, the, you know, the thing was out of appreciation. He, 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 he the older guys, uh, you know, got to keep, keep a little job going. And plus the fans loved the match. Now, what Kimura would do, he would, and they, uh, you know, even before I got over there, he, he, and they'd chant Micah, Micah after his matches, he'd get on the microphone, and, you know, it would depend. Like, sometimes you'd be in a place in Japan where they had a uh, certain kind of food that was known for there, or, or uh, just anything. Uh, you know, he might... Uh, you know, like he'd, he'd say Egan, you know, something after the match. Did he tell uh, something funny about Egan, or he would tell something funny about the area that we we were in, or something funny about what happened in the match he just had, or you know, it was always it was something like that, and and whatever it, it was, he you know the people loved it, and and they wanted to hear Kimura. Uh, you know, talking on that mic after every match it didn't matter about winning or losing. But uh, <laughs> so uh, after a couple of matches, uh, well, several actually. That uh, I think it was. Uh, let's see, I went over there in '87. I think about '89, maybe then '88. I don't know. Uh, then one night we had a, a match with them, and uh, well, I was in the match. And, and I, so I was going back to the dressing room after, uh, you know, after our match. And, and he had done this before. He, I'd get right here and he'd, he'd get the microphone and he'd say, D-Ton, you know. I'd stop turn around and look. And he'd babble off a bunch of stuff in Japanese. Hell, I didn't understand. But, but <laughs> and then the people would laugh, and, you know. And then I, you know, I'd, just, I, I'd go on in to, to the dressing room. But one night... Uh, he he detuned, you know, after, and so I stopped and looked at him, and, and he babbled off a bunch of stuff at me, and, and something just clicked in my head, I, you know, and, and I said, okay. So I started walking real slow back, uh, back over the, uh, to the ring where he was with the bike, and he didn't know I have a clue about this, and I was just, uh, you know, I'll fly doing this. And so I walked over to him and looked at him, and the people was like, oh, oh you know. So I, I reached out for the microphone. I'm looking at me like, you know, they didn't know. Nobody ever done You know, you don't, you don't know what the hell I'm going to say. And so he handed me the gingerly handed me the mic, and I looked at him, and I said, uh, Kimiro-san, uh, I said, what kind of knife Japanese? And, and handed him back the mic. The people just thought. <laughs> And what, what kind of nine means, uh, I don't understand. I, said, I, don't, I, I told him I don't understand Japanese. What I, I call it. And they like that. And so the next time I rolled around with me, I did the same thing. Uh, about, about the next three, four times, uh, I would do that. And then uh, and then uh, one uh, time he called me and, and uh, he said, uh, the same, whatever he said, and he and they handed me the bike, and I said, Kimura-san, what kind of my style Japanese? And the people really popped on that. 
because I, I told him, I said, now I understand Japanese. I understand what you're saying, you know. And he he he, he worked together with an expression like, what? You know, and, and, uh, and so then, you know, I mean, it, it got the big pop, and, 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 you know, nobody, American or, they didn't do interviews over there, really, and, but he would do his little thing after his match at the pie And so once I started, uh, once I did that, and, and we kept doing it every time, and, and they got great reaction, and the people started, you know, and I'd milk it too, man. I, uh, you know, I mean, they, they'd get the chant my name to go get that microphone just like they would here, you know, after he talked to me, you know, stopped me here before I got to the dressing room door. And then I walked back over there, and and, it, and he would come and tell me uh, after we started, you know, after they started showing it on TV, and he would say, Joe, you know, tonight uh, after you come out, you know, come to the microphone, you, you say this, and he'd, he'd give me, you know, one or two or three words to say, and, uh, or, and, and I'm thinking, damn, I got remember all this other stuff and now I gotta remember this, these Japanese words, a uh, sentence sentence or whatever and uh uh but you know and and they, and they were good 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 stuff that he was telling me to say that I I gotta translate it finally about uh, you know what the hell I, he was saying and what I was saying but uh and uh and and they, and they started putting it on T V. They they'd show him talking to me and then they, and then I'd have the mic, and then uh, it, there's some footage of that somewhere. And then I'd go to, uh, I'd go to answer him for whatever he said, and they'd stop freezing the thing with with my face on there with the microphone fixed to say. And then they put up there. Uh, Camaro said this to Joe Deaton. Uh, was Joe Deaton's response A this, B this? <laughs> And, you know, if people would write in or call in or whatever, try to guess about what my response was to him. And if they, you know, got it right or, or was close or whatever, then they'd give them free tickets or boot box or, you know, something. But they win something. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, that that started uh, picking, on, uh, picking up pretty good there. Well, um, what comes to mind when someone mentions Rivera Steakhouse to you? Oh, just uh, yeah, uh, when we, when I first went over there, we stayed in uh, the Hotel Pacifico was what it was called, and it was a uh, man, it was a you know four star hotel. I mean, they had a swimming pool, and uh, about one out of a hundred hotels in Japan has a swimming pool. And, uh, you know, it's very rare. It's not a nice little place. And, uh, anyway, certain persons got us kicked out of that, uh, out of there. And that, that really pissed everybody off. But <laughs> Rivera's was a, about a mile walk from, from, uh, from that hotel. And so, you know, and so we always, we would always, we'd say no cab, we'd just always walk, you know, Rivera's, uh, and, and even, you know, of course, before, before I ever got there, the, uh, you know, they uh, people they stayed in that hotel a long time before finally got kicked out. But and uh, everybody would go to Rivera's, and Rivera had everybody's pic, you know, uh, people's pictures from uh, from the previous tours that they'd been, uh, you know, going way back. And 
and then uh, uh, when on the tours we would be on, he, he'd ha have all our pictures out, you know, somewhere out. And, and uh, it was just a little place. It might have had, uh, it was probably 12 foot wide by 30, 40 feet long, and I had about six little stools there. And, uh, you know, we'd go in there and and, uh, and he'd cook us up steak and, and uh He'd have let's see, we'd have steak and corn, a little bit of corn be with it, and uh, and 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 a salad, and uh, and that salad, he'd have a couple of tomatoes and with, with some kind of homemade uh, uh, salad dressing, and it was just wonderful. But uh, I mean, the steaks were kind of they were, I mean, they were good. I mean, I, you know, I mean, to me, because you know, I'm a beef eater and. and uh, if I like something, if you're in Japan and you find something that you like to eat, stick with it. And uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I've been in there. I've seen Abdullah. You know, I've been in there. He he'd eat six or seven steaks, and you know, Terry and Dory Funk were in there. They they'd have four or five a piece, and you know, Terry or something like, Junior, you you want to have one more? You know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it, just good times, and and and, uh, and then he would, you know, after we got through eating, it, he would uh, he would give us all a jacket, you know, and every time, and and uh, they still do that nowadays. Yeah, I'm sure they do because that's a tradition. They have a two of them now. The one that we went to was the smaller one, and then they I went to the bigger one one time, and. Uh, uh, I've had uh, several people. Daniel Beaumont, who refereed for a lot over there, he he he, uh, he says that me and Billy's picture and uh, you know is is in that bigger one too. And uh, you know it, it's just uh, it was just like uh, once we started getting those jackets and everybody, you know, some people went to the ring with them on, you know, and. and uh, uh, it was just a something everybody everybody wanted you know new come in or even uh, you know guys that've been there several times before but, you know we always want to hit repairs but when we got kicked out of uh, Pacifico and and they put us over in the Ginza which was you know the richest part of Tokyo really uh, the Ginza but we stayed in a nice hotel there but it wasn't near as good as the hotel Pacifico and and uh, that hotel was a was a lot longer cab ride. It was you know, it was across town, uh mm -hmm. to get to it then and so we didn't go as much uh, but we tried to hit it at least one time when we when they you know, when we moved far away from where it was at. But but yeah, it was uh, you know, Everybody, rite of passage to have a Ribera jacket. Still got yours? Yeah, I got, I, I think I got two. I mean, I, I probably had a dozen at least uh, over the years, and, and I, I gave them all away, and, and then uh, I, I got divorced uh, in uh, the early 90s, and then uh, I I never saw a lot of stuff, uh, souvenirs and stuff. Uh, 
you know, this, you know how divorces go sometimes. Yeah, I do. I, I lost a lot, a lot of my keepsakes, but things that were meant something to me, you know. And uh, but yeah, but I still have. Uh, I, I'm looking at one right now. And I think I got another one somewhere. I just got to look a little hard. Let's play a word association here. Tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I mention these wrestlers, and I have about 15 names here. Misawa. Misawa? Yeah. With Misawa would be uh, just an uh, incredible athlete. Kawada. A tough son of a bitch. Kobashi. Probably the one of the top five best I've ever seen. Jumbo. Jumbo is the top five best I've ever seen. Williams. Hawk was a beast, uh, uh, and he had, uh, you know, legit respect. Anybody that can go 45 minutes with Stan Hansen in a match, a one-on single match, and then pick Stan up at the, right at the end and, 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 and go from one corner carrying him, and then go to the old, uh, all the way across the ring to the other corner and let finish the stock dead and then stampede him, you know, in the middle uh, after 45. Because Stan used the, the old-time tactics on you. You know, he'd hit you in a headlock or something, take you over, then he'd lay, lean back on you with all his weight. You already blowed up, can't hardly breathe, but then, <laughs> you know, he, he just used those little tactics sometimes, the old-timers, you know, uh, blow you up a little bit, and where he could, you know, fling you around like a dish rag. But uh, <laughs> just uh, a a perfect example of uh, a hardcore, uh, believable, respected uh, pro wrestler. Gordy, probably the best uh, for sure. Three hundred pounder, as far as uh, overall. Considering everything he could do, it was the best I ever saw. Kikuchi. Kikuchi. Kikuchi was, uh, let's see, you know, what, who could I liken him to? Uh, he was definitely unique. <laughs> yeah, Kikuchi, and, and uh, I spoke earlier about people, underdogs, and and them, uh, you getting respect and uh, for you know, like if you if you never win a match, if you go out there and fight as hard as you can, uh, then you got you know people are going to see that and and, and you and they're going to they like it when those draw. But Kikuchi, I don't know, just uh, uh, I'll just say a hell of a fighting heart. Tawei, Tawei, you know, four ten or left. Uh, you know those guys like. You know, Kawada, Kabashi, Tawai, they were all, like, in the middle. And, and you know, I've I seen them take some hell of a punishment, uh, you know. Uh, and Tawai, uh, 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 to look at him, you know, Tawai was probably 6'5", I'm 6'4", and he was a little taller than me. But, uh, you know, in the Japanese... You know, they might not look so muscled up or whatever up top, but all their strength and leg it's all is in their legs and ass. And, 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 you know, and they're brought up on sumo and judo and this and that. And that. So balance and everything is they're taught, you know. And, and so you, you you might pick him short for looking at him and thinking, well, you know, 
but you get out there, and Talway was a lot, you know, stronger than. But but uh, Talway, I, I would just say a great worker and uh, under underrated. Ogawa. Ogawa was similar to uh, Kikuchi. Uh, Joe Malenko. Joe Malenko, uh, just uh, if you could put a team out there uh, with him and Dean uh, or, or that they work kind of the same kind of style, they were just uh, unbelievable matches. At our time, adjusting to other some of the other kinds of, of matches, but 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 they were great. Uh, Jody Jody was uh, Jody was a better worker than uh, Dean. I believe that too. Honestly, I really do. Yeah. Uh, the Patriot and Del Wilkes, not uh, Tom Brandy. <laughs> well, uh, Del came in. Uh, uh, well, he, I think he might have did a tour or so, or two, or maybe, but. I remember being on tours, more tours with him after 1990 or something. But I was just uh, a hard worker. You know, Dale, Dale worked hard. He, and, and just like a lot of people that came over there, they didn't they didn't get it right off the bat. Uh, yeah. And, you know, but 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 Dale was a, Dale was looked great and uh, he worked hard and uh, and uh, he did he did well over there. Yeah. Danny Crawford. Dan Crawford was the best gaijin worker uh, period uh, that that was ever that ever went over there, you know, excluding the three hundred plus pounders. Doug Dan, Dan 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 was just he was amazing. I mean, he, he could do uh, you know all, all the things the Japanese could as far as the spin kicks and the this and the, and just uh, I mean, he, 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 and plus he had a a great mind uh, as far as uh, psychology of, of uh, working in Japan. He will, but as far as you know, being a, working hard, working, working, you know, stiff or working easy or whatever. All, overall, of the Gaijin wrestlers I ever saw come there and was over there with, uh, Dan, in my opinion, was the best Gaijin worker that ever. While I was there. Uh, he was he, he was just that good. I mean, uh, I don't know. A lot of people might not agree with me, but if you go back and watch his matches, then maybe you'll change your mind. <laughs> uh, his partner, Doug Furness. Doug was uh, incredible. I mean, I, I, Doug could shoot me off and, and and tell me to do it. You know, it was leapfrog. He was going to leapfrog me, and then we'd do something else. Doug, and he was Doug was about I guess maybe six foot or five eleven or something. But when he leapfrogged, I could I, I'm six four and I could I could when I hit the ropes and coming uh, going under him on leapfrog, I didn't even have to bend my head. You know? <laughs> I mean, he, he, you know, I did a little bit maybe, but he he could get up that high. He was incredible, incredible athlete, worked hard. You, you won't see many Dugs. Uh, Furnaces come along. He was semi green when when he came over, but but he he just the things he could do. You know, he uh, he, he was just 
well respected and uh, a good guy. A good, a good person. One thing that really impressed me about Doug was, you know, I remember him when he started in Continental. I mean, he was just a power lifter. And then to see him later in his career, a decade later, you know, not even a decade later, working for Baba, and here he is, like, having incredible matches and his drop kick, and as you mentioned, his leapfrog, it was like, wow, I just, to go from one extreme, you know, power lift into what he did, it's just, he was an incredible athlete. Well, you know, you know that he ran fullback for Tennessee. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if he, uh, he might have been All-American, but he was a fullback for uh, University of Tennessee for you know, three, four, at least three out of the four years. I don't know if he graduated, but I know that uh, at least three years he was their fullback. Now the final one, Johnny Ace. Johnny Ace, uh, a whole lot of people, including myself, don't care too much for Johnny. But I will say this, you know, uh, I, well, there's a lot of things I can say about Johnny, but uh, <laughs> but but. I will say this, Johnny worked hard over there in Japan. I think that uh, that he got, and, and this was very rare, he, he got used uh, better than he should, than he deserved, but uh, but but I will say that Johnny worked hard over there. He did where he worked his best of his ability, his ability as a, I consider myself a polished pro, and when I look at, you know, I look at different matches. He's like, there's many things that make a five, you know, point wrestler. Like you have a, was it five point baseball, hitting, mm -hmm. uh, throwing, catching, running, whatever. Yeah, uh, but Ace, you know, he there's a lot, a lot of things that if they would have put me in the spot. It did like Ace. I believe I could have got more out of it, but he, like I said, he worked hard. He did the best he could. It was what he had to work with as far as his knowledge. And you know, I was in Charlotte when he first come in there, and uh, they tried to work him. He was green. They tried to work him, you know, a few times, but he was so horrible that they had to just give him the flag for the. Uh, bushwhackers and let him wave it around. I'll, you know, go out there, but but you know he 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 came around and had some good matches only because uh, the guys that he was in there with were the, the, some of the best in the world, and and, uh, and you know they helped. But did you ever hear in any of his matches the the crowd chant Ace Ace Ace? Did you ever hear that? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. I mean all the. the the things he was in and all the partners he had, they didn't put him in stand for a while. I mean, but, uh, you know, I never heard nobody chanting his name. I never heard nobody chant. I could gotta go down the list. Uh, and, and uh, you know, that, that doesn't mean that you're bad, but it means that I think that the Japanese people saw that he did, he wasn't. The spot he had, he wasn't uh, polished enough to have it, so they didn't. They didn't. He didn't go uh, 
a lot of respect. I'll, I'll put it to you like that. But yeah. but he did work hard over there. I'll give Johnny that. Yeah. Your your final match in Japan was in '97, and it actually wasn't even for Baba. It was for Tenru uh, for WAR. Um, what was that about? Well, uh, when Tenru was over here uh, back in '79, '80. Uh, Seventy-eight. He worked for Georgia Championship and uh, wrestling, and uh, I helped Henry get around town, took him shopping, and he didn't know, you know, couldn't speak real good English at the time, and he didn't know what the hell, you know. So I helped him out. You know, I mean, I liked him. We and 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 he never forgot it. Every time I I come from to Japan, uh, he would take me out and, and show me the you know a great time at you know five star hotel or a restaurant or or just you know the shows and, and and he never forgot it and, and uh but tenru let's see jumbo tenru they were probably in the top five uh best that came out of japan tenru was a hard worker i mean he 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 was just uh, revered as uh, you know uh, a respected uh, top top guy over there. The people believed him, and, mm-hmm. uh, and he, he was had just, that, uh, he had that sumo background. Yeah, yeah, he did, uh, and, and uh, you know, and he was tough as nails, and he he wasn't real nice to the young boys sometimes, but <laughs> that was just the way. I mean, they they had to. They had to really show that they wanted to stick it with pro wrestling. Senru, he'd get them out there, you know, before the matches sometimes, you know, working out with them, and and it, it just it was brutal. But uh, but I loved him, man, and, and he had the big respect over there, and he was a great one. Now, do you follow the current product either in Japan or the United States? Well, uh, no. Uh, I watch uh, every now and then. I catch uh, uh, that New Japan show, and every uh, you know maybe twice a month I watch an hour or so of Raw or, or SmackDown, or uh, and you know all the the new guys they have going now. Um, you know it's a different time, it's a different era. I understand all that, but uh, you know you. And most of the the guys that 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 do all the flying and flipping and 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 all that kind of stuff, uh, uh, all of them are you know two two ten or two fifteen two twenty at the most and under you know all the way down to one eighty or one percent. So you know they do all that stuff, but you can only tempt the laws of physics so many times. And 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 if those guys continue to do that kind of stuff, their, their careers are going to be short. And it's like Terry Funk said one time: we were we were sitting out of the ring, uh, and we were watching the young boys uh, train before the matches, and uh, and one of the young boys did some kind of wild thing uh, off the top, or, or did something crazy. And Terry told one of the other guys that could speak English, he said, "Call it, tell the boy come on." And so the young boy came over there. I can't even remember which one it was. And, and Terry said, tell him that you only have so many of those bumps in you. <laughs> so 
make sure that when you do them, you know, it counts. You know, do them out here practicing, you're liable to break your neck and, and, and you know, <laughs> if you're going to do them. But, I, you know, I, those guys do incredible stuff. I'm telling you and I'm telling them, you know, I, I'm not hating. I, you know, I, I make all the money you can make, dude. But if you continue to do that stuff that they're doing, you know, then they're going to get hurt. And yeah. uh, I sometimes I say, well, they're glorified acrobats. But, yeah. I mean, the storytelling is, is just went out the window. I mean, uh, they, you know, they, they it's just big big move after big move after big move. Uh, but, but the, you know, the fans are all re- re-educated now to that kind of stuff, and, I, and they like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I and I look at it and I say, damn, yeah. I mean, it's some impressive stuff. But I'm also thinking to myself, you know, they they're not they're not going to last, and they're not they're not going to last if they continue that, you know. And, and maybe they'll make, you know, they're making good money, so maybe they'll make enough to where if they do get hurt, they'll be all right. You know? Yeah, I I saw uh, night one of the New Japan G1 Climax a couple nights ago, and it was like. There was people kicking out of second row pile drivers. It's, it, it, it's gotten to the point where I just think, you know, you go back to the basics and make it look more believable. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like I said, when you when you kick out of you know a, a three and a half gainer with two twists and and then you know and then it just gets. I mean, how how do you top that? What do you where do you go from there? And, and you know they keep getting more depth to find or, or more high risk stuff that they do. They're going to get hurt, Roy, and they're going to and it's you know and and it's going to be bad hurt for some of them. And uh, like Hayabusa, you know. yeah. See, I have no idea who that is. So. Uh, one of the FMW boys. Um, he wrestled a few matches for Baba in the late nineties. Um, he did a moonsault. And landing back, he landed directly on his neck and ended up breaking his neck. And he, um, maybe like six months before he passed away last year, he was walking, but his career was over at that point. Yeah, I mean, you know, when Billy did that that uh, moonsault off the top onto the floor on the kibashi there, you know, that was the first time anybody had ever done a moonsault off the, off the top onto the floor. Yeah, you know, uh, even the Japanese haven't thought of that. And that's like <laughs> you have any advice to anyone who's listening, or how did you you yourself deal with the jet lag from flying from America to Japan and and vice versa? Well, funny you say that. I mean, it, uh, you know, we'd fly over there, and you know, it's uh, t- uh, either ten or eleven hours difference. Like where I'm at right now. It's, 9:45, so it would either be 8:45 in the morning over there, or or, or 10:45 in the morning. Right now in Japan, you know, it's the next day already. But and so, uh, you know, when we got over there, you know, yeah, we were jet lagged, but uh, you know, we had to go and wrestle either that night or usually the next night after we got in. But uh, and so you just have to, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you feel it, and then. At the end of the tour, you go, you fly back and be on the completely opposite time, and so it, it, it took getting used to this time 
back again. Plus, you, you know, you have time to heal up from a little bit from, you, you know, because uh, we'd usually stop in Hawaii because that they, they'd uh, ask us where we'd want to fly back to and, uh, and say, well, you know, let's like go fly back into Honolulu and then compare it to Atlanta. And, you know, it's free, so why not, right? I have friends over there. Penru, Penru gave me a key to a, uh, a condo uh, two blocks off Waikiki on the 42nd floor, you know. Uh, wow. Plus, we had, a, we had a deal at a hotel right there on Waikiki for 40 bucks a night. So, uh, you know, they uh, he was a wrestling fan. And, and so, you know, it, it was – uh, fairly cheap for for us to do it, so why not? And and, uh, and then King Curtis lived over there, uh, Curtis Iokia, and he ran the uh, a little concession down at the uh, end of Waikiki, right there, kind of at the bottom of Diamond Head, and uh, and so uh, you want to you want to see the king, uh, you know, you wait at, at five thirty every day, he'd pull up in the van, and the boys would load it all, you know. He, he, he rented out flippers and boogie boards and all that kind of stuff, and uh, and then uh, you know you get to see King and and go on the Diamond Head run with him and uh, and uh, you know so that and then his son Rocky Alkia, uh he he was uh, captain. You know a lot of times when they show Hawaii, they'll show Waikiki, and you see all those big catamarans sitting out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and they hold, you know, 25, 30 people. But anyway, Rocky was a captain of one of those. So, you know, we'd go out, and Rocky, of course, let us ride free. We'd go out on that catamaran. I think it was like an hour, hour and a half little run around there, and then they'd bring you back in. But, uh, and you know, we always did that. Rocky's a great guy. He wrestled a, whole, a bunch of times in Japan himself. But, uh, I, we actually, my wife and I actually ran across Rocky um, a couple months ago. Rocky was there with um, uh, Dave Sierra at the uh, Cauliflower Alley. And, is, that, is that right? I didn't, yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. No, Rocky, because, you know, Rocky married a Japanese girl. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They had a, they've got... I know they got two kids. It might be three, but uh, they've been together a long time. They're still together, yeah. Yeah, um, I I introduced Rocky to uh, Barbara Goodish, and uh, Barbara didn't even know that Rocky was uh, Curtis's son. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but the people that do know, I mean, Rocky's a good dude, man. He, he you know, and, and King Curtis. You know, I mean, what a what a character he was. But, uh, yeah. But you know, he played in the Rose Bowl uh, back when uh, when Joe Cap was quarterbacking. Oh wow! He went to uh, USC, I think, and uh, and yeah, he was a he was a hell of a football player. Uh, but yeah, he played in the Rose Bowl, and I can't remember if Joe Cap was quarterbacking for his team or the other team, but he was. He was a, one of the quarterbacks in the game that, uh, that in the Rose Bowl game that that Curtis played in. Yeah. Huh. Um, tell us about the life of Joel Deaton nowadays. How do you spend your time? Well, I still uh, fiddle around with uh, wrestling a little bit. I wrestled uh, about a month ago, uh, and 
I might, you know, wrestle rarely, but I go to, uh, you know, some some fan fest uh, places. They'll invite me, or and I have a little uh, uh, pressure washing business and and uh, chill, man. I mean, I I do pretty much what I want, and and uh, I mean, I'm not rich, uh, but I'm not uh, indigent either. Uh, but I, I I'm really enjoying uh, my life. Uh, Right now, um, you know, I have close to seven thousand matches, and, and and I never, I've I, I've never had any surgeries, you know, and, and uh, I mean I got aches and pains. Don't get me wrong, and I maybe a couple things that might need surgery, but I've I've never had had it. Whereas a lot of the guys that, especially the ones real, real bad on the steroids, you know, have had, you know, a dozen surgeries. Yeah, and, you know, it's because they. They overtax their joints and, uh, you know, put, they just strain them so much that, uh, that, you know, and, and when, and when you're, you know, tight, muscled up and tight, then and you get out there and wrestle and you got to do all those, the things you have to do in wrestling. So, you know, most all of them always had something torn or something, something, uh, pulled or something this or something that. And, and it, you know, I, I don't guess that they ever figured out why, but uh, it's easy for me to see. But uh, and I had, you know, a bunch of them tell me, uh, Joel, you need to get on the juice, man. You, you already got good size. You did that. And, uh, I, I just, you know, didn't didn't care for. It. I tried it once. Didn't, you know, I got results, but I, I just didn't do it no more. And uh, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I really, really appreciate your time, Joel. Any final words before we uh, cut it, cut it short? Uh, well, just uh, you know, thanks for thinking about me, Roy. Uh, and uh, don't be surprised if you see Joel D's name pop up. Uh, as, you know, as coming maybe one one more time over in Japan. Uh, <laughs> I'm still. If I let me, if I couldn't do it, or, or if I thought I would look bad doing it, I wouldn't even think twice about saying no. But I'm still in good shape. I can still move, and if they, you know, I mean, they bring, course, of course, course, Dory and Jerry were much bigger stars than me. But I mean, and they're, you know, in their seventies. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, I, I could still. Put on a, a be competitive to to some extent, but uh, but yeah, I'd love to uh, to to get over there one or maybe more times, and uh, and uh, that negotiation uh, may very well happen. Right, and, awesome. and also uh, also you know to to the young guys uh, coming up, you know just, you know if you're gonna do the big moves, do them all all. You know, in one match, you don't, you don't want to give the people everything you got in one match. I mean, save some of it. You don't do it, save some of it. You don't got to do it every time. And uh, just uh, uh, your fundamentals, uh, whoever trains you, you know, the fundamentals are the most important thing about staying healthy and staying safe in the ring. And uh, so I would give that advice to them. And uh, thank you for having me on, Roy. And uh, <laughs> If you, you know, uh, ever want to hear anything I got to say, just uh, give me a call, and I'll be glad to, you know, talk about it. 
I mean, I could go on for hours uh, about stories and stuff, but I know time's limited. And thank you for having me on. And, and I, uh, like I say, if you, you know, want to hear anything else, I'm, just give me a call. Absolutely, Joel. It's, an, it's been an honor and a pleasure, and I do hope our paths cross in real, in real life one day soon. I do too, Roy. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. For, thank you so much for this time, Joel. Okay. Well, there it is, everyone. I hope everyone enjoyed it, and we'll be back in a couple weeks with another edition of Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher. Before I go, I did want to thank a few people that, without their help, with this show wouldn't have been possible. If I forgot you, I do apologize. First of all, I want to thank Joel himself for agreeing to come onto the show. It's a huge help. Um, also, Kevin Kleinrock and Mass Republic, uh, check them out, and Rudos Can't Fail uh, fanzine. Justin Descend and WrestleTopia, a uh, huge help with my uh, All Japan DVDs. Check them out. Uh, Rikishi and Knox Pro, if they're in your area, check them out. Highly recommended. 2K Sports, uh, huge help here. Everyone who has supported me via Facebook and Twitter and other social media, huge, huge thank you to you guys. Travis Heckle for your design for the uh, Hanna-Barbera-inspired uh, design that I have. Thank you very much for that. 605 Super Podcast, uh, Brian Last and the whole team, you guys are awesome. Keeping it 100, Conan, Kevin Gill, Disco Inferno, you're all awesome. Duke loves wrestling. Duke, seriously, I can't thank you enough for all the inboxes, for the help with this. Uh, you, you're the man. Uh, Damon McDonald and Pearlcast. Uh, let's just say, if you want to keep up with current Japanese wrestling, Damon McDonald and the Pearlcast are what I listen to, and I hope what you all listen to. And speaking of watching current and past wrestling, if you've never heard of it or seen it before, check out the Real Hero Archive, hosted by Eric Kleminski, and uh, check it out. He, he uploads thousands and thousands of classic and current Japanese wrestling, just for everyone to check out. My buddy Chad Austin, my partner in crime for our tape to DVD stuff that we got going. Jamal Hepburn, <laughs> you are my quad. Thank you. I, I can't thank this man enough. He's my go-to guy, and I just wanted to say thank you, Jamal, because I know you're out there listening. And last but not least, uh, Michelle and Nate, I love you both with all my heart and soul for believing in me and for making this happen. Anyways, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your, your day, everybody, and we'll see you back here soon for another edition of Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher. Music.